You're listening to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices. In mid-December, I sat down with Winnipeg guitar legend Jerry McIver, and we talked all about the early days of his career and what he's doing now. Well, Jerry, how about we start out by you introducing yourself and telling us where you grew up and where you live now and that type of thing. Well, uh, where can I start here? I was uh, <clears throat> raised in a little town in Ontario called Denoric, Ontario. Okay. Uh, for the people that's been to Sulacote, Ontario, it's at uh, Sulacote Junction. Okay. It used, used to be a town there, but now it's uh, probably... I don't know, probably about 30, 40 people that live there now. Yeah. But I, I was raised on those little roads. And uh, uh, fast forward here a little bit. Oh, um, how I got my guitar style, there was uh, when, I was fifth, when I was 13 years old, we had a little band around, the, around town there. And uh, I played drums for the band, rock and roll band in those days, you know. Yeah. And, Played like that for a couple of years. Um, was, uh, we were pretty good. Uh, we did a lot of songs like Hang On Sloopy and all those 60s songs. You know? Yeah. And uh, so from there, there's a man that uh, came to Wabagoon, a uh, band, a uh, cousin of mine, Al Crown on the Tomahawks. Okay. The guitar player was named Al Shorty. I've heard um, that name before. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's a legend. And uh, he, he's the late El Shorty. And uh, he gave me a two-minute lesson in the backstage, a thumb, thumb pick. And uh, he, uh, he, he showed me this. He wrote the thumb pick. He says, do this. Practice that, he says. And then eventually... That, oh, that's that, cool. So, ever since then, I was 15 when that happened, and I still play like that that style with the with the thumb pick. Yeah. And uh, so I grew to uh, I started playing, and then by the time I was 17 years old, I I, I played a lot of venture stuff already. I learned all the record there and. And then by the time I was uh, in my 20s, I started getting into Chet Atkins. And 77, that's when I moved to Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, so I, this is where I really started learning. Uh, but I um, met a guitar player named Jimmy Flett, and he played the same style, the thumb, thumb pick style. And yeah. Jazz and country stuff, and uh, I really learned a lot off of him. And the seaweed band I joined back in 78, 79, I played with those guys. Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, I just played with a lot of bands since then. And, uh, but I uh, kept up, I guess, uh, for the young guitar players out there, <clears throat> where I was just talking to Wally just a couple of minutes ago, Wally Randall. Okay. Bass player from seaweed. Yeah. We've been friends for four to five years, okay. like brothers to me. Yeah. And um, we're just talking about that. And he's, I said, yeah, you know, um, 
wasted a little about 10 years. In my first 10 years, I wish I would have listened more. Okay. Uh, but being brand new to the city, uh, like, oh, like, look at this, like, you know, and uh, the wine, woman, and song kind of thing. Yeah. Parties, and I got into the parties a little too much. Uh, never really paid attention to my instrument. So those first 10 years yeah. were very important. And nobody told me that music was a business. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, that's a hard lesson to learn, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, if I would have been told that, you know, like a lot of things that I, sh I, 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 I should have learned like uh, guitar tones, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, what what instrument does that, and and how to um, how to represent yourself as uh, as a musician, and uh, I didn't know what professional was. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know nothing because a small town of a hundred people, and so yeah, and. Uh, and in those days, I got into the alcohol pretty good. Okay. And uh, it really held me back. And uh, so, after I fast forward again, until I was 32, that's when I uh, quit drinking. Okay. 35 years now since I quit. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, I got, yeah, we started getting into the guitar even more. Learning and learning and and uh, well, that it took a while. I guess the reason why I drank a lot in those days is uh, low self-esteem. Okay. You That's know, uh, growing up, uh, people say ah, you'll never amount to anything. You know that peer pressure and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you you think you're good and all that kind of stuff. That, yeah. You know. So that, that kind of held me back. And then when I came to the city, that must have been still in there. So I, I had to drink before I started playing to get that confidence. So yeah. it was all courage. And I didn't know that. And uh, and I didn't know, I didn't know I had issues. Yeah. I didn't know I was carrying baggage. And... Uh, and I didn't realize that till after I, 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 I quit the drinking and yeah. started uh, learning about why, 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 you know. And I uh, found the answers, and, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot there uh, that, that kept me behaving the way I was every time I drank. So, and as, uh, as a young guitar player, I didn't know anything about anything. Um, now, <clears throat> nowadays, when I when I see young pickers, I try to I try to help them out as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, even like sharing sharing some of my stuff, videos on uh, on uh, YouTube yeah. or even Facebook, and then uh, I just released uh, I just released. Uh, just got a an album done, a USB 
Yes. Um, I don't have one right here. And you know, mine is in the Jeep. I've been listening to it. Leanne Goose gave me a copy that she had bought from you, and I've been listening to it for about a week and a half of your USB. There's 164 songs on there, so it's a lot of stuff to sift through. But it's it's great stuff to listen to, and it's it really kind of showcases your guitar style for sure. For sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of like, I, I should have called it uh, glimpse, Glimpses of My Life. <laughs> there you go, eh? All the, all the different styles through uh, different periods I went through and, and, and through the days. Yeah, because you have some of that Ventures stuff, and then you have some of the more Chet Adkins style stuff, and there's even a little bit of jazz and blues style stuff on there too. So it's, it's a really eclectic collection, and it's like anybody that likes guitar would enjoy it so i encourage anybody who's listening to this to find a way to get your hands on jerry's usb because it's well worth the money for sure thank you so much so that uh uh i guess uh uh what i'd like to say to guitar players or any musicians i guess that's coming up is ask a lot of questions um in our day, uh, how we learned guitar was records, you know, playing yeah. over and over. Now you got all this stuff on YouTube, and <laughs> and if you're gonna do it for a living, if you're really serious about it, that music is a business. Music is a business. If you're good to music, music will be good to you. And uh, <coughs> yeah. The, I've had uh, I recorded an album in 2006 called Old Friend. Okay. That was nominated for uh, Album of the Year, Blues Album of the Year, and then uh, uh, I got an Achievement Award back in 2000, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got I made a fiddle album here in, in my little studio here, and that got me now, that got nominated for fiddle album. Of the year. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I was blown away because I just I just put that together just for uh, uh, a remembrance of my dad. Oh, okay. Your dad so, used to be a fiddle player. Yes. Oh, right on. So you come from a real musical family then, because I saw some of the recordings there were the McIver Brothers recordings yeah. on your USB. So your dad was a musician. Was anybody else in the family a musician? Or yeah, on my mom's side, uh, my uncles played. So I grew oh, okay. up watching that. Yes. And, uh, they wouldn't let me touch the guitars or anything, but uh, <laughs> I was playing while I was watching. Yeah. And uh, my mom sang, and I heard her and her sisters sing one time, and the three-part harmony was beautiful. And I guess they learned that from residential school. Okay. And uh, my dad, you know, he'd never play sober. Oh, okay. When he was drinking. Yeah, just when he was drinking, he'd pull the fiddle out. And yeah. It was a party instrument, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, all the guys would come over and listen to him play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I grew up around that. And uh, uh, nowadays, uh, I, uh, there's a lot of great musicians out there. Yeah. And... Uh, Oh, 
because there's so much you can learn now. Just it's all on YouTube. You know? Yeah, it's so accessible. Like you said, you were learning from records. When I started learning, I was learning with cassettes. You know, like rewinding the cassette back and learning how to play bass and stuff like that. So yeah, it is a different way of learning nowadays for sure because it is so accessible. You can find whatever you want on YouTube. It's it's incredible actually. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, um, Al Shorting told me one time, uh, you don't have to play like the record. It's already been done because that guy that was in the studio was only there for that one day and you probably never play that song again. Yeah. So either when you play that song, either you play it equal or better. Okay. And I heard Mark Knopfler say that once. Yeah. When uh, Sultan of Swing came out, he was in and he was being interviewed. He said, "Now I did it my way. Now it's now it's up to you guys to take it further." Yeah. So, and that's that's the second guy I heard say that. So. Okay. No, that that is a really incredible. That's actually a really incredible philosophy. Because when I learned, I played music with my dad and. We never did anything the same way twice. I don't think, you know, the way he, we grew up playing, we'd always, we'd do a song kind of like a structure of a song, but he would never play it the same way twice or sing it this exact same way twice. So that's kind of kind of the way I, I grew up learning too, is like you just try to play in the moment and, you know, make it as good as you possibly can in that moment in time, right? Yeah, and how I do it, like if I've never heard a song before, I'll listen to the words. Okay. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people make that mistake where they just they just they just play, you know, like uh, like like say you're uh, you're cheating hearts or something, you know, yeah. like that. If, they, if, they've never, if they've never heard that song before, and then they're just going, you know, yeah. but. And then sort of your cheating heart will make you cry and then so So you try to make that guitar sound like the song crying. Yeah. That's so cool, you, yeah. You're you're reflecting like the lyrics into your playing style. So that's yeah. kinda that's really cool. Play play to the words. Okay. Now you you mentioned another guitar player that I did see on your <clears throat> on your USB Jimmy Flett. Now I've heard of Jimmy and I've never had the opportunity to see him play. I played a few gigs back in the day with Dean Malcolm and he always talked about Jimmy Flett because he said that's his that's his uncle, right? So yeah. and uh, so he told me a little bit about Jimmy, but I never got the opportunity to meet him. So do you want to talk a little bit about you and Jimmy playing together and recording together? Or? Yeah, him and I <clears throat> made an album together in '91. Okay. Um, I wanted to I wanted to name the album Jerry and Jimmy. Oh, okay, Jerry and Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy is so humble. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. Just put put your name on there. Oh, okay. So, so he said, oh, well, "What what should I call the album?" He said, "Name it Jerry's Blues." Yeah. And I said, "Okay." So I named it Jerry's Blues, and uh, Jimmy Jimmy Flett. Uh, I uh, he was playing with the Seaweed Band back in 
78-77 and there's a guy that recorded the show so in that guy gave me a, a cassette copy yeah and of, of the seaweed band back in those days back that's before seaweed Errol Randolph started writing his own songs so he was doing great advice and uh, Waylon and those guys back yeah. in those so I started learning Jimmy Jimmy's style so and uh Jimmy would, uh, would uh, start off songs, something like this, you know. Oh, and then, uh, or... You know that, uh, all the finger stuff? Yeah. Jimmy was a country jazz player. And okay. Chat like nobody's business. Yeah. And uh, so when I started learning his style, copying all the songs, about half hour worth of music, and then uh, Errol Randall come and jammed with me at uh, jammed with us at the at the local hotel, the tourist hotel was called in those days. Okay. So he jammed with us, and then I'm playing Jimmy's licks, and he looked back and. Where did you learn that? <laughs> and then uh, as he said, do you know Jimmy Flett? And I said, no. <laughs> Where's it? And then he'd sing another one. And the exact same licks. Are you sure you know you don't know Jimmy Flett? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. So then but I got this up. cassette tape of Jimmy Flett. <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, so that's when the word went around Winnipeg. Oh, okay. There's another Jim Clett in town. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, so that's, that's, awesome. that's how I, that's how, that was the start of my name going around town. Yeah. And then the rest is, uh, rest is, that's big, uh, if it wasn't for Jimmy and Al Shorting, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Oh, that's awesome. It is, and you did talk about wanting to, when you see younger guitar players, show them and you know, like help them along the way. And that's really, I think, important for a lot of musicians to understand is like, it's our job as we get older to create space for the next generation, you know, and try and help them get to the places that we couldn't get to, right? Like, yeah, we got to try and push them so we keep the music going and keep and just keep it going for everybody, right? Like, if, if, if nobody helped anybody, nobody would get anywhere, right? <laughs> like, that's... Exactly, and yeah. Jimmy Flett, did, uh, <clears throat> when we did that album, he brought the best out of me. Yeah. He said, he did, hmm, uh, maybe try that again. <laughs> oh, about five times already I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, man, Jimmy, I'm, I'm going to forget this tune just from playing it over and over. <laughs> One more time. So he was, uh, he pushed me. Because he pushed me, that that album came up pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really great. Um, Jerry, when you started playing, when did you start playing in the bars? Like what year? Uh, I think I was seventeen when I did my first bar gig. Day. Yeah, I had to go in and play, and then go wait in the lobby. <laughs> okay. Back in those days. That's my little brother did the same thing when he was 17 when he played with me and my dad. He used to have to go sit in the lobby all the time. 
<laughs> and uh, so that that's uh, and I played with a guy that uh, that didn't have good timing. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> One of those, you know. Yeah. Had to wait, there it is. Yeah, you're like what? So, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I came to Winnipeg. Yeah. When I when I did the jams, people were wondering, well, how how do you do that so effortless? <laughs> because <laughs> how do you know how to play out of time like that? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, Over the years, though, you you must have seen this. Like you you're playing in in Winnipeg, and there was a probably a great club scene there in Winnipeg for Indigenous people through like the '80s and whatever. And the, the scene has changed, though, now. Like, there's so much more money put towards Indigenous music for grants. And, you know, like, the industry has changed quite a bit. What was it like for you to start as as an Indigenous musician way back in, like, the late 60s, early 70s, when maybe people weren't as friendly to Indigenous people as maybe they are nowadays? Well, uh, well now, now it... Uh... Now you know the truth, but in those days, uh, the, a lot of bands couldn't play in certain places because uh, we don't want your kind here. Yeah. Because a lot of us had big followings. Yeah. So if we played, if we played in the place, all the Nietzsche's are gonna come. Yeah. And Nietzsche means friend, right? Yeah. And uh, so, and when sometimes, uh, and and a lot of people didn't like that. Yeah. And uh, well, some 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 people get a little rowdy, but uh, and I guess that's why they didn't want us there. Yeah. But we were just as good as anybody else, you know. Definitely. And uh, so. A lot of times, uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get hired in white bands. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one time, uh, we were, I was the only guy in a white band. We called ourselves Contraband. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we did, we did the A circuit up and down Calgary to here. Yeah. Um, ranchmen's, you know, opening up for Tucker and. Uh, sleep at the wheel and stuff like that. Okay, cool. And, uh, we played in uh, uh, Lord's Minster one time, and uh, these guys were uh, giving us a hard time. Yeah, the band would be good if you got rid of the Indian. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So after a few shots and <laughs> I went to that table. <laughs> Want to have a little chat? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so they they saw that uh, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't gonna back down. Yeah. So they they ended up I ended up joining in about the table. <laughs> We're just kidding, man. Just kidding. Man. Yeah. Have a beer. We'll buy you a beer. So that's the end of that. <laughs> they never cheered for me the rest of the night. Yeah. So, but yeah, that kind of stuff went on, you know, like. Um, uh, one time we played in the bar, and um, one of our singers just got just missed missed a singer with a beer bottle. Jeez! 
the stage hit the wall. So there's a, there's stories like that too, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we uh, some of us some of us. I think music is what uh, was a good fighter for us because you had no choice but to enjoy the music because the music was, was good. Yeah. You know, and uh, there was no doubt about that. The band was good. And all the bands that played in those days were good. Three-part harmony and perfect. Yeah. And great musicians. And, uh, you know, that it, it was... Uh, the big names back in those days in this town was all Shorty and Jim Flett. Country jazz guys. Yeah, those were the big dudes. And that's hard, hard style to play. Yeah. And I think the only place you can hear that kind of style now is in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing there's still, a, like, there's still bands playing, you know, all the time in Texas, like cover bands and everything. I have a cousin named Beaver Thomas who actually he's a guitar player and I haven't seen him in years. And he just called me like earlier this week, he's back living in uh, San Antonio. And he said, it's good there because he can go to Corpus Christi or Dallas or like they're, they're surrounded by big centers and there's still quite a bit of freelance gigs for him anyways, as a guitar player. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm doing a lot of nowadays. Yeah. I just, uh, wait for calls and okay I'll be there yeah get out there and show them how it's done <laughs> <laughs> well I try to do what I can do anyway yeah well you have your home studio there are you always working on stuff or yeah uh, I got most of that uh, most of that I got a what do you call it here Tascam, Tascam 2488. Okay, yeah. And it's a 24 track. And uh, so I uh, do a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff that you heard on the album, on the USB, there's, it's done right here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was going to record something. Uh, so. You know, what I really enjoyed on your on your USB when I was listening to it is I like listening to old Borg tapes. I know you had some some recordings there that were live um, live jams or whatever it said on them, and they were recorded as a full band or whatever, and they were old cover tunes or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we, did, we did that in the pop. Oh, okay. That's where it was, back in the pop. Back in eighty, in early eighties, yeah, with my brothers, we just went down to the bar and <clears throat> uh, put the tape recorder on. We had a little cassette, yeah, put it on the corner, and we just played. And uh, it sounded great. Like those, I, I only, I like those so much because, like, I, I had a whole box of cassettes of my dad's from old, like, board tapes or whatever songs that he wrote and that kind of thing that were always there. So it just kind of brings me back to being a kid and listening to all these, you know, you're listening to all these musicians that you don't know who they really, who they are, but they're, 
they're there and you're listening to the bar and like the atmosphere around it. And it kind of, maybe that's what kind of drove me to want to do this is like listening to those cassettes when I was a little kid with headphones, right? When, when he was on the road, I'd be listening. Well, what's he doing? You know? And then it kind of drove me to want to sing and play. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed those. Cause that really takes you back. You can really, you can really feel like the atmosphere of where you were when the thing was going on and, you know, just, and the musicians, it's just unique, right? With the way everybody plays together. It's really cool to yeah, listen to. That, uh, that 78 one, 1978, there's a friend of mine that came out of my house. He says, I brought the tape recorder along. It was this jam. He yeah. said, one day you're going to look back at this, he said. Well, that 1978, I was 23 there. Oh, wow. Playing that Chet stuff. Yeah. And then when I look back, and uh, 23, man, I, I, that's that's the part I was saying. Yeah. I wish I would have kept kept that going instead of falling into the dark side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, when you did when you did start like um, getting into the guitar really seriously, did you have like a pras a practice routine that you? held to like do you play a certain amount a day or anything like that or no um what happened i think and when i when i trace it back when i was a kid i used to imagine uh, uh i used to imagine being a player guitar player yeah and uh so i'd go walking home every day and i'd, I'd be daydreaming you know, just playing in my head. So when I started playing guitar, um, after I got to Winnipeg, I heard Albert Lee. Okay. Yeah. So that 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 stuff there. That's what that's what I was doing when I was a kid. Okay. So I didn't know I was doing that already. Yeah. So when it uh, and it, and. And being a drummer, like a, so that, uh, it's very percussive, yeah. Yeah, so that, that combination, it's sort of, that style came uh, pretty easy for me because I was doing it already. And then there was, uh, I guess they call it uh, chicken picking, double stops. Double kind of, stops, yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, so yeah, and then I, I developed uh, developed the style or that just uh, that style there, and I've always had that style, and just just quick little things. Well, it must be nice to have so many tools in your your belt that you can pull out and play at any given time during a night or whatever, you know, you got all these different styles that you can grab from. So that's, that's pretty deadly. You said yeah, you, you didn't, you did a fiddle album. Sorry, Jerry. I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just saying you did a, you did a fiddle album. What other instruments do you play? Uh, well, obviously I have to, I have to play bass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got an electric drummer that I use most of the time. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, a lot of licks, like uh, a lot of licks that I've learned, are the are the ones that just come to my head. Like uh, I'll be walking down the road. Monster. Remember that dude? He played with the open strings, you know? Yeah. And, jeez, uh, uh, a whole bunch of them. Uh, and then there's Milky Edwards. I've never. Oh, okay. Is that from the, the Ventures? Ventures. Yes. Yeah, all those yeah. old instrumentals, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, then the guys are doing, guys are doing stuff way back then that they're doing now, like even the hammer-ons, you know, like, stuff like that. Yeah. So that was all done in the 40s, I reckon. Yeah. But just, we're just starting to see them now on YouTube. Just starting to resurface or whatever, yeah. Yeah, never, just, never find everything out about it, eh? <laughs> yeah, there's only six strings on there, but man, it's just millions of things that you can do with it. Yeah. So, are you? Do you have any plans on? Are you gonna put out some new new albums in the near future? Or are you still working on stuff? Yeah, um, I like to do another uh, another album. I like to get uh, get together with somebody and write some songs. Oh, okay. Some of these instrumentals that I've been doing, like what a lot of those, a lot of those uh, instrumentals that you heard, like the country guitar one. Yeah. Um, I probably never play those things the same again because uh, I just all, all I did was put the tape recorder on and then just start playing. Yeah. And then, and then oh, okay, that's all right. <laughs> Hit stop and then. Yeah, and then. Uh, Could you hit record then? <laughs> tribute to uh, uh, Ray Flack and Frank Mason. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 let go there. 
so many records you know like those two guitar players just yeah. amazing all right well i was gonna ask you one more thing you were talking about um younger guitar players and getting started what do you think the most important thing is besides you said just to listen i remember that because i was listening you said when you get started you gotta listen but is there anything else you want to tell guitar players when they're starting out what a good Something to learn is? <laughs> well, um, well, <clears throat> practice. And uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, I've never I've never been a guitar player that that played like the record. Yeah. And uh, because of that, uh, there's there's not too many bands that I played with. Because they want exactly the licks. They want know? copycat guitar yeah. players. You know? Yeah. Um, so that, and when, how I did it. So they don't want that. They want that. Like Maybe the they're not using their ears very good because the way you're playing, it's better to me, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so that's it's just how you feel, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the like the saying goes, either play like the record or play better than the record. Yeah, that's awesome. Was well, there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, part ways here, Jerry? Because I'm gonna edit all this up before I put it out, anyways. So, is okay. there any stories you want to tell that you didn't tell, or? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll start off with the nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to make sure that you've you've telling you've told us your story to to the amount that you want to let us in on. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, I guess that's the danger. The danger of music is. For me, was the alcohol. Yeah. That 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 held me back. Uh, and that that uh, the confidence. Keep playing. The more the more you play, uh, the more confident that you get. And uh, uh, first time I ever played on stage. Just my just my guitar was sticking out on a, on a curtain there. That was scary. <laughs> just, just, just that part. You're just showing your hand. And that's it. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> just terrified. Well, at least you finally got your whole body out there, so everybody can look <laughs> at you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm. Uh, I've been pretty lucky in music. Uh, uh, a lot of guys out there. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, that uh, asking me to come out and play with them, and yeah, and, uh, I've played with uh, a lot of great musicians, 
and I uh, had fun with them all, and I'm still having fun. And uh, so I, uh, I'll probably keep I'll probably keep this thing busy whenever uh, I get inspired again by something or somebody. I'll come home and do a recording of some kind, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, This stuff, I got uh, I got a Telecaster. Um, yeah, I see you know, you're playing a Strat. Is that that's your your main guitar there? Yeah, this this baby here. Uh, we played the We Fest a couple of years in a row. Oh, okay. For George Jones and Merle Haggard. Nice. Uh, we opened up for Nazareth back, and uh, we had a band called. Earl Randall and uh, Spirit River Band. Oh, okay. We toured 93, 94. Nice. So we played the We Fest two years in a row with that and uh, opened, up, opened up for a whole bunch of people. That's awesome. Major, you know, and uh, but playing the we, this thing, playing the We Fest two years in a row, that was great. It's awesome. All the, all the people we met along the way. And yeah, so this is the, this is the old timer. I sold this. 20 years ago. Really? And I bought it back about nice. four months ago. Awesome. That's amazing that you could get it back. So you must have sold it to somebody you could trust with it then. Yeah, his <laughs> name is uh, uh, Chris Taylor. Oh, okay. He's a guitar player. Yeah. And he took off the neck, and he had a different neck on when I saw him. And I says, Do you have the original neck? Yeah. I got it in the closet somewhere. So this this neck stayed in the closet for twenty years. Wow! And what year is that that strat? It's a sixty-two reissue. Nice. It's nice and light, beautiful, you know. Yeah. And then uh, put the feathers on there and uh, country, country music, Hall of Fame there. Yeah. That's and pretty sweet. Back in the day. Right on. She's a beautiful. Beautiful lady. Well, you sure make her sing well, I gotta say. <laughs> well, Jerry, that that's thank you so much for your time. Like, I really appreciate you talking about, you know, your guitar and a little bit about your life and how uh, how you made your way in music over the years. And uh, I just really appreciate your time and you you taking the time to talk to me about all this stuff. So, thank you. Thank you. And. Uh, for all the young guitar players out there, all, all, any musician, keep on keeping on, you know, take care of yourself and uh, be good to your, be good to your instrument. <laughs> yes. Good to you. It will, for sure. You're listening to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices, where we talk Indigenous music's past, present, and future.